0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OK, Now What? Um, This week we have Jason, Thomas, and me, Greg. Um, So yeah, let's go ahead and get started with the news. Um, So earlier this week, uh, Bernie Sanders was on Face the Nation, and he suggested that progressives um, should tone down their rhetoric. By calling Israel an apartheid state, and this had followed after some progressives had tweeted such, um, including AOC, Ilhan Omar, and Rashida Tlaib. Um, a lot of <laughs> a lot of the left basically um, had pushed back Bernie, including myself, um, because we need to start calling Israel like it is. It is apartheid. Uh, it's an apartheid state and apartheid states are not democracies. And we are also funding this um, nation and we are funding their crimes. So um, I'm just gonna leave it up to whoever wants to go first and give me however they feel like about this.
1: I'll I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I I disagree with Bernie rarely, you know, I've been a huge supporter of, of his efforts over the last five years. And I, and I really do look at him as, um, you know, a moral leader, sort of a galvanizing figure in, in the fight for, uh, you know, human rights, workers' rights and, and, uh, you know, trying to save our planet and democracy. But, you know, my opinion is he's flat out wrong on this, um, you know, it, it is it is clear uh, in so many ways that uh, that for such a long time and particularly under the right wing Netanyahu government, but not even just that, even even prior to Netanyahu, um, we, we Palestine, the Palestinians have lived in uh, in an apartheid state, as we know, um, you know, Gaza's been been called the biggest open air prison on the planet. Two million people packed into, you know, what is it, roughly about uh, 18 square miles Um, so, so I don't think that there is any sense in toning down our rhetoric. I know that politically, it is dangerous to criticize Israel, you know, it has been that way for a long time in the United States. Um, APAC is a vicious um, uh, uh, lobbying uh, lobbying group that will come after uh, any American politicians, and I know the guy that I'm challenging in Washington is is uh, is a friend to AIPAC. so he and I are definitely on the opposite side of this issue. But I don't I don't feel that there's any need to turn it turn it turn um, tone it down. I mean, we are we are dealing with human rights abuses, um, and and any reasonable person uh, can see can see that. One of the things that I do want to note is is the history of the United States uh, uh, and the UN Security Council in uh, vetoing resolutions that are critical of Israel's um, abusive actions. Uh, it's been going on for, as you know, I, I think in the last uh oh, 20 30 years i forget the numbers but you know the u.s has has vetoed uh, over 50 resolutions that have been crit- critical of israel's actions and what i want people to really contrast that with you know should we call this apartheid is it reasonable to call it apartheid the united states in the late 80s twice along with the uk they were the two sole vetoes on resolutions critical of South African apartheid. So the United States does not have a great track record when it comes to holding governments accountable that are participating in these human rights abuses for, yeah. whatever, these, for whatever their reasons may be.
0: I want to jump in real quick and then I'll go to Thomas. Um, you know, you are right. It is dangerous uh, politically to not just call out Israel, but to call out the United States' own stances on South Africa, and honestly, just um, imperialism altogether, you know? It's still happening. It's, it's a modern-day thing. Um, I say this as someone who, who tends to run for Congress in a couple years. I give zero uh, fucks when it comes to um, calling Israel what it is, because um, it is apartheid. They are committing crimes against humanity. And I say that um, to the United States as well. We are funding apartheid. We aren't committing crimes against humanity. And I mean, we always want to say we're the best democracy in the world. Democracy doesn't survive without transparency and truth. And if they want to say, well, it's dangerous politically, well, then you're anti-democracy.
2: Uh, Thomas, go ahead and give me your thoughts. Um, you know, I I think about I think about, uh, I think about uh, just drawing to the UK's experience with this. Um, I think about Jeremy Corbyn and how um, he bravely, um, like very bravely, stuck by his stance that Palestinians um, deserve human rights, basically and uh the whole media apparatus and every single entity that was willing you know to fight uh, against that narrative like basically plummeted down on him and to this day he still sticks by his guns and i think people will be remembered for how you know for what side they were on to with with these with these uh apartheid states you know, you think back to South Africa and you think back to the people who are willing to stand up and, and say what was right and in in the right time in history. And I, I feel like with Bernie Sanders, and um, this isn't just Bernie Sanders, the, the progressives as well in office, they have been pushed to the right by the Biden administration. Um, I feel like there is a pressure, but at the same time, you know, uh, the public uh, public opinion on this particular subject has, has um, with the recent actions of Israel, has now uh, basically uh, opened people's eyes to the reality of what's happening. Like, for a very long time, Israel has been able to get away with what's it, what it's been doing in Palestine, in Gaza, in the West Bank. It's been able to get away with this because it's been able to very successfully uh, attribute anti-Semitism with um uh, with the with you know it's been able to weaponize anti-Semitism in a way uh, that um allows them to get away with the action with the apartheid ethnic cleansing that's going on in Palestine um and I think uh, I don't know like we we need you know with with the dialogue shifting, we should be expecting more from, from especially people like Bernie Sanders, because, you know, you have a platform. If some, it, it means a lot to see a public figure with that much, with that big of a platform and that big of a following to, to side with the public opinion and the way that the public opinion is shifting. And to not do that and to keep doing this both sides, I'm sorry, bullshit, um, is 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 uh, is not doing any. It's not well. It's not helping the Palestinian people. That's, that's uh, and it's not helping shift this narrative that needs to be shifted um, nationally. Um, I don't know. It's. I just think it's cowardly. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it is. It is very cowardly. I mean. I mean, Jeremy. It, you know. All right. You can say that Jeremy Corbyn. Um, you know he 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 lost he uh it was it was he was it was successfully weaponized against him in a way that completely dismantled his campaign um but he will always be remembered as someone who you know stood by and did the right thing even though it cost him dearly um and didn't waver on it
0: yeah um, I know. just want to mm. um what really irks me about this situation in Palestine and um, and Israel is that when you mention that people have weaponized anti-Semitism, you have a group of people who were oppressed over thousands and thousands of years. And now they've become the oppressors. That's what really pisses me off. And, you know, when you make that conclusion and you make that, um, when you notice the parallel, you're anti-Semitic because how, you know oh my gosh no no we're the oppressed ones well then what are you doing right now
1: it's a it's a very it's a very um, you know easy way to shut down debate because nobody wants to be called nobody wants to be called racist nobody wants to be called bigoted prejudiced uh, prejudiced anti-semitic whatever you know but I mean I think we have to recognize at this point that that you know it regardless of the initial intentions uh that that you know israel is a is a colonialist endeavor i and i and i Mm -hmm. and i think back to um the inception of israel again with the best of intentions i'm not sure how it could ever have turned out differently um you know when when you have you know uh, this this goal of pushing people off of off of places that they've lived for for hundreds and hundreds of years and 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 basically dispossessing them of of, of their their land and their history. So yeah, it's it's tough. And I also wanna I wanna um, uh, note that you know. With, with the uh with the the parallels between the US and the UK uh, uh, vetoing uh UN resolutions on South Africa they also they also um called Nelson Mandela who is now revered um as a peace leader he was a, he was uh, castigated much like Martin Luther King as a communist terrorist you know with the African African National Congress so exactly. I, I think I I, I I do believe that public opinion is shifting strongly on this issue, and I think that the people like Jeremy Corbyn, uh, God bless him, uh, are, are we, we're going to be able to look back on him and say he stood on the right side of things. You know, like Thomas said, uh, you know, uh, to his own personal detriment, uh, at least politically. Um, but but you have true leaders standing up on on the right side of the issues right now. And, th- and to, rem- to remember also that the Jewish people are not a monolith on this issue. Yeah. There, are, there are many Jewish mm-hmm. organizations yeah. who are calling out these atrocities.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, all right, so we're going to go ahead and move on to our next um, topic. Um, so Texas state legislatures gave final approval um, to a bill allowing Texas citizens to carry handguns without a permit. And it's most likely going to be signed By the governor um and this is just before later this week i'm going to go ahead and combine the the two stories um later this um and like towards the end of this week we had 10 dead including the government in a san jose rail yard um so and that came after i believe that was the 230 somethingth um, mass shooting that's happened.
2: 336, I think it was. Or something. Yeah. That number, yeah.
0: So, <laughs> you have politicians who are obviously bought by the gun lobbyists and the NRA making such laws. This happens. Granted, yes, San Jose is in California. It's not. Um, you know, they're not in the same state. But, I mean... I personally I, I personally believe that no one should have access to AR15s like when it comes to gun control. Um, you know it sh- getting a gun should be like getting a car and, and, and a driver's license. It should be heavily regulated. It should not be easy to get a gun and often, and also um, multiple people in this guy's life has said that he had mental health issues. And, you know, he had said, oh, I want to kill people. So this guy was already on a red flag. And, uh, uh, Thomas, I want to go and um, hand it over to you. What do you you think
2: about all this? Um, You know, I, I think I brought this up before on the podcast and, like i think about my 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 home country and you know we have we do have uh, a large systemic violence particularly with knife crime and you know I, I think if if we had the same access to uh, firearms as the united states i i we would probably be seeing the same sort of thing happening um, in my home country um, you know, it's uh, I, I will, you know, go. obviously uh, the the ease to access a firearms means, you know, obviously you're going to um, when you when you're going to when you're going to do something like this, it, it becomes uh exponentially you know more catastrophic than say a knife or say you know some other weapon you're going to use but we're not addressing i think i brought this up before we're not addressing the the root cause of violence in this country we're not ever addressing it Um, so these laws that are being passed to allow um, firearms to be easily more accessible you know we can do that but to not then go okay we need to obviously stem this sort of uh firearm violence we're not addressing the root cause of violence so when conservatives go you know it's not it's not the guns it's the people right and then we should go. Okay. Well, if it's the people, then then there's a, then there's a problem with the people, right? And what's the problem with the people? Well, is it mental health? Is it I don't know. They're living in abject poverty. I don't know. Maybe there's 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 multiple things happening at the same time, but they don't ever want to have that conversation because then that leads to okay. Well, if we have a culture and a people who are deeply troubled, um. Sort of like a disease, and you're not going to address that, then this is going to perpetually keep happening. You know, you can't you can't have one without the other. You've got to, if we're gonna have firearms in this country, we have to address the underlying systemic issue of violence. And that obviously pertains to things like um, how poor people are, how lack of mental health facilities are available to people, because there's a deep lack of healthcare in this country. Like, you can't, like I said before, you can't have one without the other. And I think the conservative mindset is they want the guns, but they don't want to, they don't want to help. They don't want to help the other side of the issue. You know what I mean? <clears throat> um,
0: Jason, I ask you because you you're running for Congress, and if elected how can progressives in congress stop all this like do we need a standalone bill or you know how can well, we how can the gun situation in this country be better um when it comes to legislation
1: yeah i mean i i do think we need we need to deal with things on uh, on a federal level um i mean what's going on in texas right now on so many fronts is just absolutely reckless um that's there's i mean uh greg abbott is signing anti abortion bills uh, he's he's signing these uh you know anybody can get a gun bill um obviously the energy situation in in texas as we saw um recently is is uh, at crisis levels um with with free markets and deregulation of the of the uh energy infrastructure there so i mean te- texas is uh it, it it seeks to turn itself into uh, its own developing nation or something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure, but, you know,
0: they are proud of them being uh, their own country at some point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I say Texas is still mad uh, uh, that, that they're no longer the biggest state in the union. They had that going for them for, (laughs) for 110 years. Um, But, you know, so the, the gun issue is tricky because, you know, I, I think we're we're in a situation that and, and the roots are so deep that violence begets violence. you know that's really what this is. and and we have a government that institutes violence upon its people. Poverty is violence. Lack of access to health care is violence, particularly mel- mental health care um, as we see. And um, you know un- un- unemployment is is violence. I mean we could, We could solve uh, so many problems in this country with, you know, a strong FDR like investment in people, putting people to work, making sure that they have living wages, making sure that people in this country are not living lives of despair. And I think that's what we see is is there is a distraction. It is. It has been commonplace in this country for as long as I can remember, you know, being a, a student of political science, I've got a political science degree. We talk about the othering of other people, of, you know, the immigrants that are coming into our country for for whatever reason, you know, that there is the othering and pointing at other people and saying that they are the problem, right? Rather than saying systemically, we have some really Uh, Bad things going on for people. So the othering, uh, which is a common political tactic, distracts people from the real problem, which we've got this massive wealth suck in this country, this massive labor and wealth suck up to the top 1%, which we're going to talk about in a minute with Jeff Bezos here. But that is exactly the problem. Is that that people are distracted from the one percent versus the ninety nine percent, which is where the real fight is, and they are turned on to you know this person is trying to take your jobs, they're gonna take your jobs, you know, and and it's it's been going on for decades. Um, I don't know how we get out of that, uh, but obviously we have to have. uh, And then the other thing is that we are a country that polices the world. We have done violence to the world for a century and more, and I think those things come back to our country with this idea of American exceptionalism. That is part of the othering: is that is that um, Americans feeling like they are, you know, when when massacres happen in in um, in black and brown predominantly countries uh you know that we can drone a wedding in pakistan uh that oh those aren't real people you know when something would might happen in europe or canada we would very much be like oh no all the white people look what are we going to do you know yeah. so there's it, it, it it's so deep rooted in this country the only way we are going to get out of it is we start um taking care of people in this country uh you know in the way that they do in many western european countries go to denmark and sweden or you know uh wherever
0: well yeah you do make a good point i'm gonna go ahead and make this point and then move on to the next subject um people don't realize these things that medicare for all a green new deal education for all these policies will end crime if we really take care of our people You know, why are people miserable? Oh, because they don't have health care. They don't have access to education. They don't have access to food. Um, They're working 40 hours a week and getting poverty wages. I mean, all that leads to frustration and um, anger. And of course, they're going to turn to crime, you know? So that being said, gun control equals less crime.
1: But anyway, <laughs> uh, and it's not like it's not like a quote unquote life of crime. People are just yeah. snapping. People are just get yeah. to a get to a point where they just snap. Yeah. They're mentally they're emotionally yeah. and, and, and mentally broken um, and then they snap. And then you see things like, uh, you know, the shooting that we had.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just want to add something quickly at the end. I think the, the biggest difference between the U.S. and someone like the U.K. or Europe is obviously because gun culture is so ingrained into this country um uh, but you've also got a deep uh, history of uh i mean we were talking about apartheid earlier but the united states was committing its own apartheid with black americans in this country mm-hmm. and i think the problem is, is that the neoliberal mindset is: "Was we just take all guns away, everything will be fine, right?" But the reality is, is that you disarm a population of people that are still being oppressed by the police, that are still being yeah. um, attacked by white Americans. By but you know, it it sends the ro- a it sends the wrong messages, and b you're also uh, you're not solving the underlying issue. And so that, I think that's where the, the difference is with the United States compared to other countries is that uh, there's a reason why I don't, personally, I don't believe in complete gun control, even though I come from a country that doesn't really have huge access to weapons because you have those underlying issues that are still happening uh, with mm-hmm. oppressive um, policies and not just policies, but just a culture on particular Type, like Jason was saying, or the overing of people that happens no, in this country. No. And I I I know
1: uh I know you're ready to move on Greg but I do want to yeah. say this 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 quick other thing cuz I agree with Thomas about the gun control issue you know um we we do have a legacy of firearms in this country uh that and and it's written into our It's written it's written into our constitution and I am not about to uh say I want to violate people's constitutional rights so I believe in reasonable <laughs> gun controls I do uh, I think reason, but but The gun control issue is not the fight, you know, the fight is to make sure everybody is well taken care of. And like Thomas said, you would see a massive reduction, like, you know, go to Canada. They have tons of guns in Canada. They don't have these mass shootings that we have here in this country. Mm -hmm. So um, and and then the other thing (laughs) I I think we have to recognize with the with the mental health issues and where we don't take care of people properly is the, the vast majority of gun deaths in this country are actually suicides. You know, they're 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 pistol related suicides. They are not these mass shootings. The mass shootings get this attention because it's so it's so horrific. The carnage in one location is like, oh my God. But the reality is, we're not taking people care of people's mental health needs, and we and we have so many people committing suicide every day. We have veterans committing suicide because they come back from war and they're broken, and we're not making sure that they're well taken care of. Those are the issues, and I really feel like the gun control issue is actually distracting. From some of these other issues because people will say, Well, if we can just take the guns away, it will take care of the problems. And as Thomas yeah. said, that's absolutely not the case.
0: You're right. You're right. As long as people aren't going to be happy and like actually enjoy their lives, crime and the gun issue is still going to be the case. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and move on to the next, our last uh topic of the day. So um Basically, NASA had um, given a contract to Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX um, company and uh, Jeff Bezos had started a a space firm of their own and um, put, um, I guess, he wanted the contract as well, uh, but unfortunately went to Elon Musk all poor Jeff Bezos. Um, But then Congress was, you know what? We're going to get both to them. And the Senate is now preparing a $10 billion bailout fund for Jeff Bezos' uh, space firm. Meanwhile, teachers can't um, write off their our school supplies. Meanwhile, we have mass poverty in this country. Meanwhile, um, 30 million Americans can't get health care. Meanwhile, um, people are struggling during a pandemic. Meanwhile, I can go on, I can go on but we're giving the richest man in the world 10 billion dollars so he can go to the moon Are you i think me? i think it's a
1: good place for him <laughs> I, I think we should i think we should put him in a rocket and send him there right away
0: um maybe towards the sun oh no that'll probably get me canceled anyway <laughs> but it's ridiculous what it, what someone stop me please someone just take over
2: so, um know, go, go, go ahead, go ahead. sure go ahead. okay um yeah what, what was it? um yeah it's i look you know it's important obviously like technological advances and you know it, uh, space things like space travel and space exploration like these are all like great Uh, feats of mankind and we should be encouraging this but the reality is is that we have basically privatized air exploit space exploration right in the united states like nasa has basically outsourced its whole operation to private companies and in doing so it's it's not only is it just give it it's giving tax breaks to multi multi-billionaires that just do not need these tax breaks um but it just you know we, we forget that um through 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 uh through public sourced uh um programs um especially in the united states you got the things like the internet which were publicly sourced um funds you created the internet um through dap i think it was through dapper okay don't quote me on that but you know d- to to uh, to think that these aren't possible through a public program is just nonsense but essentially what we're doing is we're just saying that billionaires are the ones that are able to just play with space toys while they deny people you know deny people basic human rights and basic privileges here on earth um i kind of i cynically think it's like particularly with billionaires it's like a get out of jail free card you know if everything goes tits up on earth at least we might have mars one day um that's my that's that's, yeah well yeah the, the cycle will continue inevitably but um that's my cynical point of view but the the reality is is that um you know, and then my other point is, well, okay, if we, if we, why are we putting so many funds into space exploration, when we can't even get cl- get clean drinking water in this country, like the priorities are so screw- screwed up in this country, but not just this country, but the world. I know. mean, we
0: could still have space exploration, yes. and and, you know, fix our problems
2: too, yes, but yes.
0: our priorities isn't The way it should be, and this, and then this happens. Um, Jason, can you give me your thoughts on this? Yeah,
1: I also, I also have no problem with uh, space exploration. I think, uh, I think that. You know, the race to the moon is a big was a big, uh, you, you know, source of national pride back in back in the 60s. And, you know, I think space exploration is is uh, great for um, scientific advancements. And and, you know, there's there's nothing fundamentally wrong for it, but it should not be privatized. Um, and and what we are seeing here is um it, I, I'm almost likening this to the fact that the pharmaceutical companies get a ton of RD money from the, the from the uh from the US government and they create something that should be, you know, a, a public product, uh, vaccines or medications or whatever ever it might be, and yet they turn around and take that public investment and are able to privatize those profits to the detriment of the American public because then. We're going broke paying for the medications that that our tax dollars funded in the first place. So we've got that parallel right there But I think one of the things that is um, that is really just sort of uh, amazingly offensive about the potential of uh, for Bezos to get a, a ten billion dollar investment you know first of all, 20 years ago he had, you know 6 billion dollars you know he's got close to 200 billion dollars right now so um you know one of one of the, the a study just recently came out that the or just an anal- a, a, a financial analysis that the top 400 billionaires in this country their wealth is approaching and if you see over the last couple of years just skyrocketing towards us their their personal wealth is approaching 20% of the entire nation's gdp that is stunning absolutely wrong so you know i I, i'm gonna have to i want to pick up let's see if i can pick up the graphic here because i i was sharing it with my campaign team yeah so i've got it right here um in 1980 in 1980 the top 400 wealthiest americans had gdp of about three percent 40 years later they're approaching 20 percent it is stunning to me. May 1st, 2021, uh, they are they are just a hair shy of 20% of GDP. At the, that
0: point, that's not not like just personal wealth. That's an economy.
1: You well, really? I mean, so when let's just back up to what we were talking about with with um gun violence in this country, you know. I mean, the one thing about progressive issues is that they are all interconnected in some way. So we can look at the The fact that these billionaires are increasing their wealth, they are sucking all that wealth, which is people's labor, which is people's livelihoods, um, uh, up to their up to their own personal wealth in such a grand fashion. You know that is ca- it is causing that is part of what is causing the problems that we have with. With unemployment, with not being able to get health care, uh, with not be able, being able to, um, you know, people coming out of college education, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. How is it, the income inequality, um, and this is one of the things that I like, to, you, you know, what I really like about the MMT, the Stephanie Kelton MMT approach, is, is simply to recognize that The markets are so imbalanced by the wealth and power of this handful of individuals that unless we have a transformative change in how we do federal spending, right, we are not ever going to solve the problems for well over 50% of the country, like we can look to a future where the financial uh, situation, the the sort of economic stability of over 150 million people in this country is not going to improve unless we take that wealth away from the this this uh, this you know super concentration among this small handful of people. I, we have to do that now. Some people will say, "Oh, that's wealth risk redistribution." Well, damn straight it is. You know it's not the wealth it's the power that comes along with the wealth it's the market manipulation that comes along with that wealth that that allows somebody like jeff bezos to go to congress and say hey give me another 10 billion dollars you know i'm funding all of your campaigns give me another 10 billion dollars <laughs> you know so that's that's it's it's really insidious what's going on um, with with people like uh, with people like be- Bezos coming coming to Congress, and I say, you know what? If Congress can turn around and tax him, you know, uh, uh, appropriately. Yeah, imagine that. You know, then then maybe turn around and give him ten billion dollars for state based exploration, but it'll just be returning his own money back to him. You know.
2: Yeah. I th- I just to add, I think what made this story even worse was that it came out uh i think it was like a little while later that amazon was going to buy mgm studios for 8.4 8.4 billion dollars um so they just got they just news of a 10 billion bailout, oh and amazon God. now is a well y- you could argue that that knowing that they got this bailout they were able to afford to buy another piece of another sh- like big enterprise and studio um and it's it's crazy because you got you got you got you got right wing nut jobs like Josh Hawley now coming out saying that they're against Amazon monopolization and it's just I don't know how serious he is about that, but like like the, you know, it's it's just it's just insane that we're allowing this as a country. Um, but yeah, I don't know.
0: I'm gonna go ahead and just say this to close it. It's so funny. Rich people like to shit on um, poor people when they buy little luxuries like Starbucks once a week or or, or three times a week or, you know, buying them and uh, buying ourselves a new shirt. When these people are literally buying industries and it... Uh,
1: yeah, this. you're right. There's, there's, I hate there's, it here. <laughs> we we have a we have a culture. We have a culture, and it it almost makes it easier for Congress to operate the way they do on behalf of their their uh, wealthy benefactors. Mm-hmm. We have a culture of poverty shaming in this country yeah. that I don't that I don't think exists in other countries. You know that, but it doesn't exist in other countries because the uh, you know in, and I would say in most developed nations the extremes of wealth and poverty are not nearly what they are in this country. You know, that's.
2: I will say the rhetoric of poverty sermon does does happen a lot in UK for a long oh. time, going on for a long time, especially towards people that receive um uh, unemployment or the dole or the yes the oh. dole. Very, uh, I mean Thatcher did a did a did a number on people with with. with oh yeah. That. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, I mean, you're right. America is uh, exceptional at it, but. Um, yeah, it, do, it, it it. Like the the avocado toast one is quite prominent. Um, <laughs> yeah. Telling people, you know, just don't have an avocado toast. I'm like, well, avocado toast is cheaper than uh, buying a property in. <laughs> a, you know, buying
0: MGM.
2: Buying MGM, yeah. So, <clears throat>
0: well, folks, um, that go that goes ahead and closes our episode this week. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, check out our social media. Our information's down below. And tune in next week. Thank y'all.
1: Have a good week.